0: A lot of producers get tripped up when it comes to content creation because of all the things that you might hear on the internet and all the things that you might be being told. You might have questions like where you should actually be putting that content that you're creating and what platform is best for who you're trying to reach out to and the audience and fans that you want to make. Another thing that happens a lot is you're not exactly sure what to make and how to make it in a sustainable way for yourself you might think that you're going to get burnt out or you might eventually self sabotage your path because you're creating too much content and eventually again fall into that ditch or, or rut of burning out after a long time of creating that content another thing or misconception is people don't know why they're making content and they'll just say as a mus- as a musician or as a producer there's no reason to be making content but we're going to give you guys one solid reason of why it all in our case, why most producers should and can be making content, especially if they're capable of it and they want to do this in one thing in particular that most producers ideally want to. Um, so the other thing is in this video, we're going to be covering the second part of a three part series. So if you missed the first part of this, make sure you go back to that. And this is our like how to market series, more or less is kind of how to market for newbies series. Uh, In the first episode we talked about how to garner traffic and how to garner, uh, generate fans for your audience. In today's portion, in this part two, we're going to be talking about how to create content and those few things that I just covered. And then in the third part, which will be the next episode, we're going to be talking about how to actually make a sale and how to get people to listen to your music or purchase the things that you're putting out. So for today, the first thing that I want to cover is making sure that you understand what platform market fit is, or some people might also call it market channel fit. And what this is, is making sure that the actual content that you're producing is appropriate for the platform that you're putting it on. So that platform could be usually some sort of social media outlet such as YouTube, it could be Instagram, it could be Twitter, it could be any sort of uh, social platform that you particularly use. It could be writing emails or writing a blog or something along those lines. Whatever it happens to be for you, you have to understand For the market that you're trying to go after, what platform is most appropriate and what platform does your audience actually use to consume the pieces of content that you want to make? So, for example, if you're a a producer, a musician, or usually any sort of visual artist, you're probably going to use platforms such as Instagram because it's a more visual-based platform. It's a more audio-based platform, again, for people trying to sell their music or become a producer. Or if you're maybe, let's just say, a writer or somebody like that, you might use a platform like Twitter. You might write newsletters. A couple examples of this are people, if you've ever heard of him, Mark Manson or James Clear, Austin Kleon. Uh, a couple other guys like Ali Abdal, all these people started off by actually writing or Ali Abdaal actually start off on YouTube, which I'll get to. But there's different ways where you can use if you're a writer, say something like newsletters to eventually then go to a bigger platform, which is a book and find distributors and stuff like that so that you can scale, which is what these people did in their case. So um, whatever specific thing that you're doing, whether it be being a producer, which usually is something like Instagram that you're going to be looking for. Um, or if you're maybe somebody who's more into writing or actually producing content and you want to start a newsletter and maybe start a blog site, that might be more applicable for you. But you need to make sure that whatever type of content that you're producing in particular, it's fitting for the exact platform that you're going on. And now the next part about that is that you actually have to make that specific content. So what kind of content do you want to make and how are you going to create that content which is another problem that a lot of people run into. It's like, what do I actually make, and how do I consistently make it, and make it in a sustainable way? Which is what Cody's about to cover for you guys. And Jared, this is such a such an
1: important question to answer, and it's it's something that I used to to question for myself when I when I first launched my career within music. I, I would become discouraged on. Okay I, I know that I need to post content, but I don't know what I'm gonna post and um, it, it took a long time to, to figure out a, a process that allowed me to consist to, to create content easily and consistently. And that was through the development of utilizing um, uh, an idea engine um, or what you like to call it, content pillars. And I, I, I love this I love this phrase. Um, because it, it it allows you to have individual pillars that make up the foundation of your content creation. Um, now, for me, I, I use an example for um, for D Rock, who I record saxophone with and I play shows with um, on part one. So I will dive into his story, but first, I want I want to talk about my content pillars. So for chilled samples. I have three feed posts that I rotate through. The first one is a morning mix where I repost somebody creating music that's already in my community or somebody that's new to the community or somebody that I just discovered. So I share their art and and I, I'm able to post a piece of content and followers get to see this new piece Um Piece of art. So that that one's kind of a freebie for me. That's an easy one of of just recycling somebody else's content while also promoting their content. Um, number two on on my second uh, second content pillar for my feed posts is my I, I call them nature posts. But if anybody follows Chilled Sample, it's where I'm holding my Zoom H5 recorder, and I'm typically on top of a mountain. Maybe I'm in a mountain meadow, maybe I'm in front of a waterfall or a river, and those those are extremely hard pieces of content to create, but I enjoy creating them. Um I, I'm going out on these on these mountain runs, mountain adventures anyway. Um and so it's easy for me to take my microphone and I'm I'm recording sounds from these adventures to turn into sample packs. And I was actually I I was <laughs> I was taking taking my uh my zoom h5 out and um, recording sounds for sample packs before I decided to start taking pictures and, and actually document that process. And once I did, that became pillar number two um, in in that process. And and I I love to post those just because I, I get to revisit all of all of the my my adventures and it's and it's unique. Um, on my feed posts for pillar number three, um, it's what we call talking head videos. It's either clips from a podcast or me with my phone. Um, either, either promoting something that's coming up, promoting a new episode, promoting somebody within my network, or I'm, I, I'm delivering value, especially with our podcast clips, taking clips from, um, that that cover the subject that we're discussing on on podcasts and now you you that that's just for those those feed posts but you could also say that for that long form piece of content just us recording um recording content is is in our content pillars but we'll we'll save that for for another day and there's also I, I love to utilize my stories to document my day. And I like to think about um, my content pillars in that way as well. So it's every single morning when I wake up early and I show that I'm diving straight into Ableton, I love to throw the timestamp on and post it just to die. That, that's a give me. It's habitual, it's, it's ingrained in habit for me since I do it every single day. Another one is I typically, I'll either, if I'm running, I'll take a picture of the road or the trail or the mountain that I'm running to let people know I'm about to go on that adventure. It builds a little bit of suspense. And then I post my Strava stats after that shows how, how many miles that that I ran, um, which I, I think is is also fun because people get to have, a, there's a little mystery surrounding like, what's this guy doing today? And then it's like, oh, he ran 10 miles sweet. And, and they, so that, but for me, that's super easy because I'm doing it anyway. And those are just my go-tos for um, my content pillars quickly. I want to go over D rocks just so we can continue his storyline. But, um, he, he does such a phenomenal job with marketing. And then just based on my observation, I haven't asked him this. This is just based off of my observation on what he does for Instagram in particular. He does show recaps, um, but along with those show recaps, he uh, he incentivizes all of the schools and the the colleges and universities that he plays at to kind of be in competition with one another because he um, one of one of his ways of, of writing copy is sort of pitting schools against each other. Is like, is, is Auburn the craziest party school or is Georgia the craziest party school? And he gets to, um, he gets to get the audience involved through those recap videos because people that are consuming that content get to see what parties were, um, were crazier. So that's one piece of content. And that's, that's something that he hires out for with the videographer that, that goes on tour. But he is indeed the one that posts it. The humor posts are the one that that he does a phenomenal job of creating, and that those do take time. Um, but he enjoys that comedic process of creating humorous and funny content, and um, sometimes I I get to be involved in in those with some goofy saxophone videos, which is fun. And lastly. New music. He's typically putting out music with a vocalist. Um, if he's putting out music with saxophonists like me, um, he'll coordinate with all, with all of the involved parties within a group chat to help... Um, to help create some sort of a promotional thread, typically a week out, just before we launch that brand new track. Um, so those are, based on myself and based on DRock, those are kind of our content pillars that work for us. So when we're getting ready to create content, we, we're not starting from scratch. We don't have a blank page of, of paper. We know what content works for us and we know what content we enjoy um, creating and that allows us to stay consistent. Um, now, of course, there has to be intentionality with this content and getting, uh, getting the consumers excited, which Jared is going to talk about.
0: Exactly. Yeah, Cody said it. So understanding those content pillars will help you with this next step, which is making sure that whatever content you're producing gets people excited or brings them up some sort of emotion that gets them to want to do the next thing or gets them to want to take action in some way, which we'll start to dive into in a second. But we're going to focus just on that, getting people excited, getting people um, to derive some sort of emotion from the content that you're posting. Ideally, one of the best things that you can do is derive some sort of anticipation through the post that you're making or curiosity to get people to want to do something. So for example... Um, you might try to excite people in a certain way or produce a, a music in a certain way that is different from what everyone else is producing so that you stand out from the crowd and it makes it click with people that you're slightly different or that you're providing a specific thing. Um, one example of this that I can think of is Oliver Tree, if you've ever Uh, seen any of his music videos, how just like ridiculously absurd they are, or even some of his music at times, how just ridiculously absurd it is, makes him really stand out from the crowd and gets people excited enough and gives people enough of an emotion, usually some sort of, as Cody just said, he laughed by it because he knows what these music videos look at. Uh, It gives people enough emotion to then want to go, ideally, take the call to action of buying the album or listening to the full album instead of just the one music video that they watched. And again, we'll talk about the call to action a little bit more in depth. But I just want to give one more example outside of music about people getting the user or getting the listener, whatever it is in your case, getting them excited. And one of the greatest uh, or one of my favorite examples of this is when I was in college, We, my roommate decided to get a Tesla uh, test ride, which was kind of funny because at the time, uh, we were too young to even test drive the car. So we got to the dealership, we walked in. And the guy was like, "Oh, like do you guys have? Uh, you needed to be, I guess, 21 or something like that." And both of us were like, "We just got to school, so we were 18 at the time." And the guy was like, "Okay, you guys can't drive the car, but what you said you could do is sit in the back and sit in the passenger seat and drive, and he'll he'll drive the car around." So it was kind of just a joyride for the the guy. But what it did, though, and not like I'm going out to buy a Tesla or anything, but what it did is when we sat down in the car. The guy, and also people should be reminded that this was like five years ago or six years ago before electric cars were really a thing or before anybody really even sat in an electric car. This was the first electric car I had ever sat in. The guy turned on the engine and uh, was sitting there and he put the car in drive. And me and my friend looked at each other and like asked the guy, did did, like you turned on the car? Because the car didn't make a single noise. Even though he turned on the car, when you think about it in a traditional car or a gas car, when you turn it on and you rev the engine, you hear this loud noise basically, and you hear the car actually start up and you hear it eventually turn over and you hear the engine get going. But In a Tesla, it's similar to when you maybe turn on a light switch. I'm kind of dumbing it down a bit. But you just press the button, you flip the switch, the car's on. There is no big roar of the engine. There is no, uh, in a way, actually, the roar of the engine is the excitement factor for the gas car. But because people are so used to that, the excitement factor for me was the fact that the car was so quiet when he started and that when we were driving The car literally didn't make any sort of noise. There wasn't any sort of interference with outside noise if you wanted to maybe listen to music or something like that. You didn't hear this crazy rev of the engine. Again, some cars literally add more noise into your uh, interior of your car so that you can get more excited, uh, so that you can hear more of the engine, and you'll ideally be more happy with the car's performance. So there's two sides to this point. But in my case, that silence of the engine was a really amazing factor. Um, Another thing that they do in their test drives at Tesla is they do something called the launch, which is where the car is sitting perfectly still at, let's just say, a light or maybe you're about to get on the highway or something or in a parking lot, wherever the heck there isn't a lot of people around or this isn't dangerous, obviously. And what they have you do is slam your foot on the gas, basically. And so what the driver did was... We were sitting at the light and he slammed his foot on the gas. And what happens is it jerks you back into your seat and you, you kind of almost whiplash in a way back into your seat. And it's this wow factor. Look, look how powerful this car is. Again, like, I mean, for me, I wasn't really, I, I don't really care that much about that stuff. But for a lot of people, when they feel that like torque and that rev that the car actually has, same thing with a gas car, when you do this, if you slam the, the gas and the car goes zero to 60 and I don't know, two or three seconds, whatever that the actual good time is, I, I'm not that familiar, but you can feel that, that that energy from the car and it gets you excited to then want to go ideally do this last step which is a call to action and getting people to actually purchase the car or going back to the music example again getting people to eventually go from Oliver Tree's music video or the ridiculous ads or whatever that he's running with him looking crazy and stuff to go listen to the music and purchase his albums and go purchase his merchandise go stream his stuff and eventually again take the call to action that he has uh, and do the thing. And we'll talk more about the actual sales side in the next video. But one last little tip for the call to action is that you want to have a bunch of different call to actions and a bunch of different ways that you say the same thing so that people don't get fatigued by telling them to do the exact same action every single time. So One day it might be, go listen to my album, while the next day it might be, go check out this specific song, while the third day it might be, I'm going to give you this thing or maybe it's like, leave a comment today or leave a like instead of going to the site. There's a whole bunch of different call to actions and there's an entire list that you can draw from that we personally use um, and we provide the producers in our community with. But you want to be able to have different ways that you give people a call to action so that they don't get fatigued as an audience themselves. So again, this entire section that we went over today was just part two of this three-part series where we discussed all of the content that you could possibly make, anything that you could possibly want on knowing where to put your content, what platform is best with you, what you should be making, how to make uh, your different content pillars so that you can have an idea engine for yourself. And then the reason why you're producing that content is so that ideally you can get people excited and give them some sort of emotion so that they anticipate what you're going to put out, want to actually go take your call to action that you give them and you need to provide them with that call to action and provide them with a few different call to action so again they don't fatigue as I said earlier um, with that that's going to conclude this part two. make sure if you want check our, our third part which is going to be again about the last part of this three part series and three part Um, system, which is the sale going again from traffic to content. And finally, this last third part is making a sale or getting people to listen or do whatever it is that your personal product or that your personal piece of music does. So with that, that's going to conclude this episode. For anybody that's interested in more information like this, make sure you check out our Discord community down at the link in bio where you can join us and be a part of of what we're doing and get more information like this. So hopefully you guys enjoyed. And with that, peace. Peace.